0: You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for digital media.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Miller. Ken, how are you today?
0: Good, Wendy. How are you?
1: I'm uh, just living a dream, of you know? You are. Of <laughs> course <laughs> It's going to be another fun few, I don't want to say an hour because it's usually less than an hour, but I enjoy this time and- I think this is going to be a really good topic because it is one that these are some questions that I get very often from my own clients. So I'm sure you probably do as well. Oh, and today yeah. we're going to talk about how to prevent muscle soreness.
0: Yeah, as, as much as you can try to prevent it, uh, you do, you, I mean, we'll get into the mechanisms <laughs> on how it happens. but uh This is one of those things, especially when you're a person that's trying a new workout, or if you're a trainer who's getting a client to try a new exercise, um, it's almost an inevitability. But um, it is it is one of those things. When when you and I first talked about this topic, um, one of the things that came to mind was where I really goofed in not doing what I could to help offset muscle soreness. Um, This was when I was still working as a strength coach, and I had the softball team try uh, they were not trying a new phase we were moving into a new phase of training and um the, the 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 sad part was is that they were in season and we were in a new phase of training and i had them do and i think it was like a straight leg um deadlift or something like that <clears throat> but i heard it after their three-day um after their three-day tournament They were just complaining about how sore their hamstrings and their glutes were. And I was just like, okay, did anybody feel anything in the low back? It's like nothing in the low back. And I was like, okay. All right, as long as the low back is fine. But they felt their their glutes and they felt their hamstrings. It's like, what did we do? And I and I looked at the the workout sheet and I was like, oh man, I had you guys. And even though it was light, they you know, here's what they did: they got on a plane. They played, you know, they played their three or four games, whatever it is that weekend. But that Monday, the coach called me up and said, whatever happened, we can't do that again because (laughs) they just complained about how sore they were. So as as much as many steps as I took to kind of offset, you know, trying to blow them up, uh, you know, quote unquote, blow them up before a three day um, tournament, um, they were still sore. So that was one of those things that. Those events in a strength coach's life, you're just like, oh, please, just don't fire me. Please <laughs> well, don't fire I, me. <laughs>
1: you know, personally, you know, this was one thing that, you know, I have to really stress to my clients, and I'm sure, you know, if you guys work out and you're listening to this, you understand exactly what I'm uh, where I'm coming from. You know, as a trainer, I will have a client come in and sometimes they'll say the same thing. I am so miserably sore, I could barely walk up my stairs. Mm. Or I thought of you all weekend because, you know, my glutes were really sore, which was exactly what I wanted. And, you know, it was sore throughout the entire weekend, but I'm like, er. Or yeah. I'll get I'll get some that'll say, Well, you know what, I worked really hard and I thought the workout was incredible, but I woke up the next morning and I felt great. And so I need to obviously push myself harder because for some reason, and I don't know where this came from, people feel that if they are miserably sore, then they had a good workout versus they had a good workout and their body could adapt to it. And so they weren't sore, which meant in their mind, it wasn't hard enough. And that is completely not the case. And one of the reasons we really wanted to do this podcast, so those of you guys that are just joining Ken Miller and I today on Random Fit, we're talking about how to prevent muscle soreness. And the thing is, is you, there are two different types of muscle soreness. There is acute, which means it is something that happens immediately. And so basically when we're thinking about that, it's just that immediate soreness that you feel. However, if it's something that lasts like 24 to 72 hours, and that's usually like the next day and it continues longer than that, you know, that can be. Not necessarily a good thing and something that maybe we need to kind of look at our programming to determine, was this the right move at that time? Was it the appropriate weight? So I think today talking about different things to think about to help prevent some of this muscle soreness and things that you can do on your own with or without a trainer, I think is going to be super beneficial because I don't like being sore for a long period of time. I just don't like it.
0: No, no. And I, I think the, the other thing about being sore or feeling that soreness, um, I think it's for a lot of guys, especially me growing up, you know, um, you know, high school hit the weight room, college hit in the weight room, and you really felt like you accomplished something when you when you felt that like that client that you you mentioned, um, you know, they, 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 they love feeling sore. So you just get that feeling of accomplishment, like, man, I really had a good workout, or um, you know on, on that same on that same note, it's like you you did the workout at the intensi- at the intensity that you wanted to. So you, you went heavy or you went fast or hard depending on what the workout was and you, you're feeling it. So I think we really got to get out of that mindset that you know, that good feeling of sore. Although it's going to be warranted, sometimes it's unavoidable. But we'll talk about you know ways to offset that, or at least decrease some of the um, some of the symptoms of of, of uh, what could be considered an aggressive workout. Is just we we just have to get away from the the thought process that the more I feel it, the better my workout was, right? Because right? you know there are those times where I mean you and I have talked about you know just doing an assessment on somebody and having them do an overhead squat and a single leg squat. And just from that alone was enough to get somebody sore. So we, we just have to look at the fact that, you know, who are we talking about and what's the goal? Right. Because for any new client, the last thing I want to do is is, you know, kind of bring them slowly and gently into the into the world of exercise. And the next thing you know, you've actually confirmed their thoughts on what working out really was. It's this debilitating event that, you know, it's going to take you away from everything that you want to do in life because you can't move.
1: Right. Well, and I think that's why it's important to really talk about the two different types. So again, when I said acute, you know, that's that burning pain. So let's say you're doing like some sort of legs and you feel that burning sensation in your quad or, you know, whatever, whatever prime muscle that you're working at that time. And it re- it resolves itself pretty quickly. I mean, when you think about that, when you think about the definition, that burning is caused by a buildup of metabolites that, um, you know, that you are getting during that high intensity workout. And so again, because it resolves quickly, you know, you know, that you're kind of on the right path, but that's the one type of soreness that you get. And then there's something called DOMS, which is delay onset of muscle soreness. So basically when we're talking about this again, it's the 24 to 72 hours after. So usually people will do legs and they feel great. The rest of the day, they wake up the next morning and their legs feel like a log and they're like, oh my gosh, I can barely move. And so when you're thinking about that, that pain and stiffness that you feel after you exercise stems from the microscopic tears in your muscle fibers and the surrounding connective tissue during that particular exercise. And and often, as you mentioned, Ken, it's because you tried something different, your body's moving in a way that it hasn't been moved before or in a really long time, or you're challenging it different ways. And I know we've said this multiple times that our body starts to adapt to the same thing every four to six weeks. And so the more that you can change up your exercises or using different types of equipment or machines or modalities, whatever it is that you're doing, you're you are going to have, you know, a better outcome. However, just know that as you start to change things up, you will experience probably one or both of these types of soreness and um and so when we're talking about what we're doing right now, meaning this the next steps of what you can do to help prevent it, I think it's important to keep in mind that what are you preventing? You're doing something quickly and then you want to avoid that doing the same exercise if you want to try to help with the long term like i don't want to wake up feeling miserable then i think the steps that we talk about next are going to be super important for you to take notes and write it down and try it and see if you can tell a difference
0: yep so on the on the first thing you know that we can do um to help offset muscle soreness again we're trying we're talking about how to prevent muscle soreness here on random fit with wendy bats and ken miller The first thing is having a proper warm up. You know, a lot of I think a lot of times you, when you get into the gym or the health club, you know, people have like this emaciated, if you will, version of what they what they might call a warm up. But you know, you and I, Wendy, when we talk about warming up, we are talking about first of all establishing range of motion and flexibility. That that can include some kind of foam rolling, some kind of active or dynamic flexibility and doing some activation of the right muscles to make sure that the joints are moving the way they're supposed to move, which means you're using the right muscles. So when we're using the right muscles, <clears throat> what I mean is if, if, again, legs are a very popular area when, when we're trying to talk about leg day or doing something with lower body, spend a lot of calories, um, not just during the workout, but overall, you know, big muscles do big things. So if we can warm up the hips, we warm up the foot and ankle, so that everything else in between is doing what they're supposed to do. Um, with that proper warm up, you, for one, you're you're ensuring that you're going to use the right muscles. So by that I mean, if our glutes are fired up, that means we're not going to put too much demand on the hamstrings and the low back, which are smaller, more stabilizing type of muscles. But if we're asking the hamstrings and the low back to do more work yeah i mean because because the glutes aren't fired up then you're having these smaller muscles try to do the 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 act of a big group or a big area like the glutes so you're you're getting this kind of unwarranted recruitment of the muscles that are just there supposedly supposedly to help versus act as a prime mover so if we warm up properly we ensure that we're using the right muscles which means the smaller muscles are going to do what they're supposed to do which is Traditionally, just more stabilize and neutralize unwanted movement when it comes to, let's say, squats or lunges and things like that.
1: Right. And you had mentioned, you know, foam rolling and using, you know, the vibration therapy. So, you know, now they've got the, the, you know, hyperized volts and they've got, you know, different types of, of um, equipment out there that you can use. I mean, that increases circulation, which is going mm-hmm. to increase blood flow. And then if you do, like you just said, specific stretches, those muscles that tend to be overactive like your calves and like your hip flexors and your chest those are prime muscles that are commonly overactive and most individuals that that live in this world so it's usually holding that 20 to 30 seconds like you said will increase that range of motion to get a better outcome when you're actually going to lift weights but you know you're not causing that excess stress on the joints that were already in a compromised position because it wasn't ideal and where it was positioned to start with and so To your point, I mean, if you are going to stretch, again, static stretching is very good for overactive muscles. And holding 20 to 30 seconds is going to be key because, you know, I know what I see in the gym when I'm in there and I'm watching other people come in. Again, it's I'm doing my own thing, but I can't help but watch what others are doing. I kind of laugh to myself because I'm thinking, what did that person just do? They'll come in. They'll put their, you know, foot on a, a slant board or they'll, you know, you know, throw their arm against a wall and stretch their pecs, but they're like doing it for two seconds. And then they move on and they're like, well, okay, that was my yeah. warm up, And then they go and hit the bench press because it's Monday. And, um, you know, it just, I'm like, that didn't do nothing to help you really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like y- you got to actually spend some time, but yeah, I mean, if you do the proper warm up and you do increase blood flow, you get, you know, get good movement. And then you actually do your workout. You're going to see, A, that's going to help you lift more. You're going to have better better movement patterns throughout that actual exercise. But it will help prevent some muscle soreness because of the joint.
0: Right. And I, I think the other side, I mean, and I think we've talked about the importance of a proper warm warmup. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing about it is, is that, you know, if, especially if you're coming in to work out at five, six, seven o'clock in the evening, you've been sitting down all day. So what happened, you know, again, if we're talking in the context of the glutes, right? If I want to use my, my, my big house, my, my, my glute, and, you know, work on those big hip extensors, um, then I want to make sure they're active. But here's the thing. I've been sitting on them during my commute, during my work day. I'm behind the computer and then my commute to the gym. So those guys are, you know, sleepy, sleepy. We got to, we have to wake Mm -hmm. them up, you know, not to mention, as you mentioned with the muscles in the front of the hip, those guys have been shortened and flexed and, you know, they're, you know, they need to be extended a little bit. They need a little bit more pliability. We need to get those guys to, to move and allow that opposite motion of the hip. So that's where getting that warm up, making sure the right muscles are working. Um, and and then therefore the workout that you do you're going to use the right muscles so the warm-up isn't just about preparation for the workout it's to counter what your body's been doing for the the day preceding your workout so Mm -hmm. yeah we can't say enough about warming up proper warm-up especially when it comes to um alleviating the effects of uh muscle soreness
1: Yes. And again, that's why we're here today. We're talking about how to prevent muscle soreness here on Random Fit with Ken Miller and myself. And so, number one, don't be afraid to increase your circulation by doing some kind of vibration therapy. Using a foam roller will help do that. Then, doing some static stretches. And then, of course, doing dynamic warm ups, which were kind of full available like exercises like a lunge with rotation or a push up with rotation, things to get everything working together. That's going to be key, 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 key. But the second thing too, is you have to stay hydrated. And I know we've talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, the differences of water. If you guys don't know the differences of water, you need to go find that on random fit podcast. Ken Miller and I did it. And there are many differences in the different types of water that are out there on the shelves. And so you got to find the right one for you. But if you don't know much about it, we did one to help you. However, staying hydrated when you're doing that, a lack of electrolytes that will contribute to the muscle soreness as well. And so again, think of our bodies are made up of ton of water. And so therefore we want to think if we are made up of that and then we start to sweat a lot, we need to replenish that. So staying hydrated is going to mm-hmm. be key. So I think that was kind of the second one. So warming up staying hydrated and then obviously increasing circulation those are i would say the top three so far yep what about the next one ken what would you say
0: um well you know you got to give your body time to so when we talk about that two three days afterwards you know what we really want to look at is okay giving your body enough time to recover so we're not saying that by following what we're talking about on this podcast you are not going to feel a thing when it comes to you know the the results of the workout but what we are saying is that you can alleviate some of that soreness that you're feeling so here's here's the deal i mean you gotta you gotta give yourself some time to recover you got to give yourself some time to rest when it comes to um you know the workouts that you do so the one thing you don't want to do is to hit another workout when the muscle hasn't had time to recover so giving yourself ample time to recover again You impose stress onto the body. You have to give the body a chance to recover. And then once it's recovered, then we can go ahead and apply more stress onto it. The last thing you want to do, and this is something that can lead to overtraining, is when you're under-recovered, right, between bouts of of a workout, let's say, again, picking on legs a little bit. If we're doing legs on Monday and then we're going to hit legs on Wednesday, but if we're still sore, then maybe that's not the day hit the legs heavy again so we want to make sure that you know we've we've recovered given ourselves a chance to make sure that you know we've had the muscles given the muscles a chance to kind of rebuild get stronger from that initial stimulus so that the next time you work out then you're going to be in a better position to not be sore subsequently i guess one way to say it
1: Wow, Look at you yeah, well, that, like that's, a big, that's <laughs> a big scrabble. That's a big scrabble word. So, yes, you definitely want to rest, I think, you know, um, and we don't do that, you know. I know, especially, mm-hmm. you know, we've, I've got a bunch of players that are back in, in town because they're on yeah. their off season and they're trying to prepare for USA Basketball that's coming up in a month or get yeah. ready for their season because they have some time off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the hardest thing, I think, as a trainer or somebody that, you know, really – feels that they have to work out really hard every single day, your body will eventually break down. So, and you know, incorporating rest is going to be key and making sure you're smart with your workout design. So therefore, like you said, if you're going to hit legs really hard on Monday, maybe Wednesday, you know, or, or let's say Monday, you do the anterior portion, the front side, you work on your quads and you work on, you know, things on the front side. And then on Thursday, you do things that are more for the posterior sides, your hamstrings, your glutes, your calves. You know, so there, there are a way to mix mm-hmm. things that you just have to be very smart in your programming, which kind of leads me into the next one, which is making sure that you use proper technique. And so not only proper you know choices and the exercises that you're doing, so you don't use the same muscles over and over and over again um, without rest, but you also want to think, are you going through the full available range of motion without compensation? And, you know, like if you have roll like rounded shoulders and a forward head and you stay in that position, and then now I have you try to do a chest press, you're really not working through your pecs as, as they are intended for you to work through because mm-hmm. your range of motion is limited because of overactivity in the pecs to begin with. So in order to get better range of motion, that's why that stretching is super important because it is going to help you, which is going to lead to better outcomes. We kind of mentioned that before. Um, but also to kind of understanding a little bit about the body and the muscles, because I'll have people go and hit chest really hard on Mondays, shocker on Mondays. But then on Tuesdays they are like, well, I'm not going to hit my pecs. I'm going to do my shoulders. Well, guys, the front of your shoulder, the anterior portion of your deltoid and any pushing that you do is also that has to work. They work together. They synergistically work together. And so then if I do a lot of, you know, anterior shoulder work, then I'm actually putting a lot of stress on a muscle that can then still bring me even more into that rounded position, which is not good. So if you are going to do shoulders, lay off the front and work on the back. So therefore, it's going to help you on a posture or, post, you know, uh, like when you're looking at your posture, but it's also going to be something super beneficial for you where you don't overtax the front of your shoulder and you work on the weaker muscles in the back of your shoulder that, um, you know, because of that roundness shows to be lengthened and very weak.
0: Right. And I, and to kind of ride on that thought process, so even if somebody wanted to use the muscles in the back, right? The upper back muscles or the, the posterior As if we're talking about anterior, we have a posterior. Well, <clears throat> if we don't do enough to open up the front of the shoulder through active dynamic flexibility through the front of the shoulder, because you had a really big chest day, you know, a day or two before, but if we don't do anything to open up, even if on my on my workout sheet or my my journal, I say, okay, well, if I do a push, I got to do a pull, but relating to proper technique, even if I'm rowing, let's say if I'm doing a seated cable row, well, if my if my the front of my shoulder isn't opened up, then and it's overactive, and it's not allowing me to recruit those upper back muscles that I want. So the muscles between the shoulder blades, um, the muscles behind the shoulders. So if I don't do enough to open up the front, proper form, proper technique, whatever that may be, you know, depending on uh, how you're looking at movement um that may be harder to achieve because we didn't do the proper warm up which makes the proper technique even though your intentions are there um will make that harder to do
1: mm-hmm. so
0: so even though i'm doing my push and i on paper i'm trying to do a pull but if i don't use proper form and technique because i didn't do a, a good warm up for what i want to accomplish that day then i can still be putting stress in the front of my shoulder even though my intention is to use the back of the shoulder. So again, we're talking about preventing muscle soreness here on The Random Fit with both Wendy Bats and I, Ken Miller, and, and we are to the point where we are talking about good form, program design, um, and you know your, your programming is only gonna be as good as the technique that you use to execute the workout itself. So um, well, offsetting I mean- muscle soreness is gonna be a big part of, um, actually form and technique is gonna be a big part of offsetting muscle soreness.
1: And, you know, when you're looking at the research and we're reading through all this stuff, you know, like proper form was a big one, you know, like you said, you know, warming up the muscles, meaning getting good stretch and range of motion, that was huge. And another one that I thought, I mean, it sounds like, oh, okay, that, that seems like common sense, but a big one that, that I saw multiple times and just to kind of make it easier to understand is staying within your limits. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things I love about NASM is we have a progressive model where we take you from, you know, any kind of muscle imbalances and all this stuff and then we get you to this power level. We do that in different types of steps or different phases of training because your body has to adapt to one specific goal before it can actually build on itself just to keep your body moving safely, efficiently and effectively to get the best outcome. And so, you know, the thing that I see when, you know, people are kind of new to working out or going to the gym, They don't know what they're doing, and so they're kind of looking around the room like, oh, that exercise looks amazing, or hey, this guy's grunting, and he's sweating, and he looks amazing, and I want to look like that person. Then I go behind them and try to do and mimic the same thing, maybe with the same weight. I'm well out of my zone of where I should be. Because I'm just starting out. Maybe this person has been working out with a trainer or knows how to program himself and, and knows the right steps and has been working out for a year. There's a big difference in your exercise selection, staying within your weight limits, meaning making sure that, you know, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And I think that's a big thing because you want to actually get yourself doing high repetitions, lower weight to begin with. And then as you start to making, make sure that your body can move with good technique then you can decrease the reps and increase the load. And I think, you know, the staying within your limits is really important because, um, you know, that's when injuries can happen. And that muscle soreness is more than 24 to 72 hours because if you're sore for longer than that, then you went too high and did something that your body is, you know, you can actually increase your chances of injury if it's longer than that, if you're not careful.
0: Yeah, and I think especially for younger guys who want, you know, the big squat, the big bench, uh, you, you definitely have to check your ego in at the door, which is which is challenging, if not impossible for a lot of young guys. Because if <laughs> if I'm going into the weight room and like, like you're saying, that guy has the shoulders I want, the chest and the back that I want. So I'm going to do what that guy does. Well, if that guy happens to be your buddy and it's like, hey, let's go work out. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna do what he does so if he puts on you know 45 pound plates on the on the on the barbell and it's bench day right because it's monday as you keep saying uh but you know and here i am i've never benched before or the most i've ever done is like 85 pounds it's like yeah sure just make sure you spot me and then instead of doing the 10 that he does you wind up doing two but you know and here of course you know what do you do um it's like you're gonna get your 10. so he's you know spotting you you're doing the best you can and you're trying to keep up set for set rep for rep um and then you're just paying for it for the next five six days um mm-hmm. so when it comes to things like that when it comes to staying within your limits uh, there's definitely you know a culture for that um <clears throat> which isn't the best but you have to check your ego in at the door because you have to do what's right for you I mean as you and I both know as you're starting to work with older and older clients you know they just don't they just want to be able to to walk the next day right when you're a <laughs> right. kid you know now you got to worry about is going sitting in class and then and then working out yeah you could be sore right and because it's a rite of passage unfortunately oh, yeah. but uh, the older your clients get the less they're like okay I don't want to be sore, Oh, I get that. I just just want to stand up in the morning. That's all I want to do.
1: And I have clients that say that to me before we even start. Listen, I have I'm playing golf on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. If you make me sore, I will hunt you down. And, you know, I need to make sure that I can move. Mm -hmm. I can walk the course. I can swing the ball without being miserable. So are we, you know, crystal clear? And it just makes me giggle because I'm like, well, that's not my intention. Is to make anyone sore because i really don't i feel like you know what i'm doing a progressive workout to where they don't have doms they really don't uh-huh. feel that they you know that that onset of muscle soreness is so severe where they're miserable i don't want that and like you said there are certain clients that that's what they come in for that's what they expect and i may not be that trainer for them i'm not saying they won't ever be sore because in the beginning they usually are yeah. However, the more that they start doing these exercises, that happens. But I think that kind of brings us into the next one that's really important and seems to be just kind of like, don't have time, going to forget it, but doing a proper cool down. And, you know, the proper cool down, the whole purpose of a cool down is to restore the proper length back into the muscles that you just used throughout your workout. And so in order to help keep yourself you know from becoming sore going back to what we did in the warm up you know increase circulation by doing some vibration therapy you know using compression boots which you know we actually did a random Fit podcast on um the the different types of like compression boots such as the Normatec boots where you know it fills yourself up cell by cell and then allows the the uh, cells will then decrease like one at a time and that actually helps kind of um constrict and relax, which will actually get better blood flow and mm-hmm. helps get those toxins out and increases lymphatic, your lymphatic system, you know, so therefore you're not as sore the next day, but also going back into static stretching on the muscles that you really hit hard will help you because again, when you stretch muscles that are overactive or tight or that you used, you know, you used during your workout, those can cause them to rest- you know, to pull on the joint. And then you're gonna end up feeling a lot more sore because things aren't in its ideal length. So cool down, take some time, cool your body yeah. down, do proper stretching. I think that's super important.
0: Yeah. And you know, I know not every facility or every trainer has access to something like a Normatech, but because I do, I definitely take advantage of that to where if if I have clients back to back, then what I'll do is if if a client ends at nine o'clock and I've got a another client at nine o'clock, well, I'll say, Hey, you know, just go ahead and spend another 20 minutes in the boots because you had such a big workout, uh, or you, like what your, your example, Wendy, um, <clears throat> they might have a golf outing that day later on that day. So to help them recover from the workout and put them in a better position to play, um, by managing their fatigue or the effects of the workout itself. Um, I might have them go in the boots or if I have nothing but office work can say, hey, go go sit in the boots. I got nothing but computer time for the next 20, 30 minutes anyway. I'll go ahead and have them do that. Or, you know, to your point, they might get on the the Viper, they might get on the hypervolt, um, do some active stretching and just do what they can to um, help okay flush. Um, you know, flush the effects of the workout, whether it be upper body, lower body, but overall, we just want to give them an opportunity to take the stress out of the body because we've done such a good job putting stress into the body from the workout. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's one of the ways to, to help offset um, muscle soreness.
1: Yeah. And I think another one that's really important too, Mm -hmm. is I, you know, doing maybe an ice bath. Like I'm a big fan of that because that's going to constrict your blood vessels, which is going to slow the blood flow and relieve some of the swelling or the soreness or whatever, especially if you did like a long run or, you know, you, you actually, you know, fought hard in a game or something like that. So, so ice baths are really good, but then on the flip side, I think also doing, you know, Epsom salt baths are are also shown to be really great because again, when you think about this, you know, obviously, um, when you think about what it does when you're in heat, you know sometimes that helps relax your body a little bit more and you know that moist you know the moist um water and like even if you use towels and baths and all that stuff it's it's shown to help relax the muscles too so uh-huh. you can go to one extreme depending on, on how hard you worked out or the other both have been very beneficial i am a very big fan of the cold bath um, or the ice bath um especially if you really went hard um but but there's been benefits. A lot of my clients that don't like to be cold, uh, they're all about the Epsom salt or warm bath mm-hmm. and they feel so much better the next day. So I think that's also two other ones to consider.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, another version that might be probably more practical is just doing a contrast shower, you know, mm-hmm. as cold as your cold water can be and as hot as your, or as hot as you can tolerate doing, you know, flushing between hot and cold. Can help improve circulation as well, and of course, depending on the time of day. And we've talked about this already. Um, <clears throat> if it's in the morning, end off with cold. That way, you know you're activating your nervous system. Uh, but if it's closer to the end of the of the day, at night, you probably, you know, looking at uh, winding down a little bit, maybe ending on the hotter side of things when it comes to a contrast shower. So, if you don't have buckets of ice, uh, and you know you, you're in a water restricted area like we are. Um, you know, a shorter shower with contrast, but, you know, a tub with ice is one thing. And if you can, you know, go between your, your cold tub and, uh, and your hot tub and do the contrast that way, which is obviously the best, not everybody has those resources, but just to give you some options.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, and I know we've talked a lot about this, but, you know, to kind of wrap up some of the other stuff, I mean, obviously, you know, the importance of sleep, your body needs rest your brain and everything needs to shut down for, you know, seven to eight hours. We've we've done a lot of um, podcasts showing the benefit of sleep, as well as active recovery on your off days, you know, really working through like your stretching, whether it's through yoga and Pilates. But I think, you know, the final one that I had, and Ken, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, but there's also some antioxidant, um, or, you know, a- antioxidant rich foods, you know, so when you're thinking, you know, cherries, pineapples, watermelons, uh, what is it? Ginger, you know, taking turmeric, some of those, you know, whether it's food or through supplementation, you know, all of that too is also shown to help reduce muscle soreness. And, you know, I also read some stuff where it was talking about, um, if you do that, it's, it can help reduce, um, what is it, your recovery heart rate too. And so, you know, all of it's been shown to be very beneficial. And again, there's a laundry list of extra or uh, exercises, geez, laundry list yeah. of foods that you can eat that are very high in antioxidants, uh-huh. um, you know, and and obviously it's it's good for you anyway. Um, so just things to consider. I mean, I, I know we kind of rambled on, on a lot of different ones, but you've got to think if you can take all of what we said, we're not asking for anything that's like out of the ordinary warm up. You do a good exercise, do a good cool down, use vibration if you can to increase circulation, eat well, stay hydrated, (laughs) get some sleep. I mean, you know, like it's like, okay, that should be every single day, not just days that you work out. But if you know that you are becoming more and more sore when you hit the gym, then just make sure that you kind of go through this list again, see where maybe you're missing some of it and then see if you can actually add some of these things into your life if you can start to see a change but but usually if you start doing these exercises over and over again your muscle soreness also starts decreasing cuz your body knows what to expect
0: yeah and I, mean, I think to your point Wendy with all these options and if you find yourself only doing one maybe two of them try some of the other um you know the the other steps you can take you know some people it's the warm up that needs a little help some people it's the cool down that needs a little help so if you look you know if you do a little audit of okay well what's my workout look like how can i better prepare how can i better deload or unload and what am i doing internally to make sure that i'm i'm providing the right em- environment to to offset this muscle soreness because hey i mean if if, if we're trying to get better you know you got you got to stress out the body but you also have to give the body a chance to recover and that's what we're talking about is kind of offsetting through these these steps on how to prevent or decrease at the very least muscle soreness. So, Wendy, as always, learning a lot from you. um So until next time, um, for those of you watching here, us here on Random Fit on this episode of how to reduce or address muscle soreness, uh, I've had a, a lot of fun learning about the muscle soreness, reminding me about all the all the. <laughs> All the things I did to screw up my body, it's like man, right. if I only had this 30 years ago, I'd be in I'd be Mr. Universe or something. But <laughs> until next time, everybody, if you if you like what we had to share with you today and you want to hear more, like, follow, subscribe, and comment. And until next time on random fit on behalf of Wendy Bats and I, Ken Miller, thank you and take care and be well.